0: He said that Jesus Christ has risen, and he is the open door. Well, how you doing, everyone? Welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. I'm your host, Isaac Hayes, talking about life, talking about liberty, and talking about the pursuit of happiness. And yes, showing the world that us Cajuns do have intelligence. Hope you're having a good day, good week, wherever you are located. Because remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in here. Hope everyone had a good weekend. And I hope everyone had a good church service. If you attended church, if you didn't attend church, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what I'm just going to say. Uh, do not forsake the assembly that God has put you uh, part of, the Bible says. so, And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not coding verbatim of what it says but hey at the same time you should be in church you should have been in church on sunday um i had a youth rally this weekend had fun um our worship team so proud of them young people they went ahead and they uh they played for the first time ever a worship service uh and look being part of youth ministry you you sometimes you look at it and you're like man you know what what am i accomplishing what what are we doing and something like this last past weekend happens <clears throat> excuse me um some of these kids did not know uh, a chord on a bass or a guitar um we had some kids they they grew up in church and they were growing up they they played music at their local children's church before they became part of our assembly and um our drummer, a young man that's a drummer, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he hardly, he never played drums before, but he came up to me and said, I want to play drums. And we said, Yeah, man, go ahead. Let's let's get you going. And um, they, they started learning. They started practicing. They started coming together as a unit. And last weekend, they played their first service for a youth rally. Um, <laughs> it feels weird for me because that's how I started in ministry. I started uh, playing music. I was uh, 14, 15 years old when I first started in a band uh, at the church with a worship team and uh, just had fun, just had fun playing around and um, being part of some. And uh, now passing that knowledge I have uh, through with the Lord's help to the next generation. And uh, that's that's what I want to do here, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, I I, I'm hoping there's a lot of young people that are going to listen to this podcast. I hope there's a lot of young people that see my heart and they, 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 they see that I want to educate them in the right way. That is my hope. That is my hope. And, uh, I just, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to shape young minds. And, uh, I want to be a, a person that, that helps young people get onto the right path. Cause unfortunately there's a lot of young people that are not on the right path. Let me just say it like this, and this is where it's going to get to the political side. There's a lot of people out there a lot that are or that are purposely trying to manipulate the the young generation. They're trying to say there is no god, there is no uh there's no purpose to living, you're just an animal, just live life to the fullest. And the um, they just, you know, they they they're, they're training them up in the wrong way. And these are the same people, the same people that are trying to train these young people to think like that. Hey, you know don't listen to them Christians. Them Christians just being dogmatic. They don't want you to have fun. Uh, but listen to us, because they're trying. The devil knows. The devil has his minions out there, and he knows if he can touch the next generation, that he can go ahead and ha- create havoc on the church, or in politics. Because there is a white, right way and a wrong way to believe politically. I believe this. Um, but on that note, us as conservatives, and more importantly as christians we need to go ahead and reach the young people and that that's the whole point of this show this the whole point of this co- podcast brother just searching is to educate people but it's also to reach the young people for the lord with that being said we're going to have at the third on the third segment mr david eden he is running for state representative in the 49th district of louisiana that was hold. If you live in Louisiana and you're familiar with Louisiana politics, that is Blake Miguez's spot. Uh, Blake Miguez is prepping up to start his Senate campaign run. He's running, I believe, for Senate District 22, which is my district. And uh, we have some good candidates in there. We got Blake Miguez. We have uh, Hugh Andre. Uh, we have a few people that are running in that position. If you li- if you live in a, uh, District 22nd, those are the two guys that I know for sure is running right now. But uh, Blake's about to kick off his campaign. Mr. Hugh has already kicked off his campaign, uh, but in but uh, Blake Miguez is a uh, former uh, uh, representative seat. David is running for that. Uh, please be here to listen for that. That's gonna be a great interview. And uh, let's start, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, look, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm tired of the left. <laughs> I'm just tired of the left. Why? Why do I say that? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the left don't move. They don't. I and look, this we're gonna talk about this train derailment, which there's there's more train derailments happening, ladies and gentlemen. And why is it happening now? We we have uh, we all of a sudden we have chicken farms going up in flames. You you can have your thoughts, you can have your opinions on that. Um but you know that there's there's something going on in the nation right now. There's something going on in the nation concerning <clears throat> everything happening but let's go, let's go with this, this whole train derailment in Ohio Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg I call him Buttigieg is in charge of this he is, he's in charge of transportation he's in charge of uh, of all this stuff uh, concerning railroad tracks and everything to make sure they all done good well this train derailment happened in February 3rd ladies and gentlemen of this year Pete Buttigieg, you might call him Buttigieg, you might call him um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember what, uh, I listened to Scott's last episode, go check him out, the Scott Ford show on Spotify, and uh, he called him, uh, I can't think of his name, uh, you know what, I'm going to have to go look it up uh, I texted him when I was out, I was like, you called him that, really? But uh, but Pete, Pete, Mayor Pete did not go out there he, he 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 didn't go out there a week later he didn't go out there a couple of days later he he, he was lollygagging he was, he was just lollygagging and he, he wasn't going out there. He was not, he was not going Now He gave a, in, in his, um, uh, in his press briefing of the event, he went ahead and said, he didn't want to get in the way of the emergency workers. Um, you wouldn't have got into the way of the emergency workers. You, you're just one person. And I understand mayor Pete has probably security with him and all, all that good stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, he didn't show up. He did not go there. Two weeks passed. People are asking, are you going to go to the Ohio site? No, I'm not going to go. Apparently, that's what he was telling. I don't know if he was telling people that, but that's what it looked like. Now, J.D. Vand went there, the senator of Ohio, and he's one of the many videos that have come out where they went ahead and threw a rock in the water or they put a stick in the water. And you saw all the rainbow color in the water. That was the hazardous material that came from this, this derailment. And this is why I don't like the left, because when the Republican Party does something, all of a sudden they have to show up and they have to go ahead and try to take credit for it. Why do I say that? Because President Donald Trump went ahead in the bad weather, went to Ohio. Now, Donald Trump being there is more of a photo op. You could say, but Donald Trump showed up. Donald Trump just didn't show up. This is why I say the legitimacy of his visit was the concern of the people. Donald Trump just didn't show up there and tell people, "Boy, this is this is this is wrong. What happened to y'all? Uh, Joe Biden don't care about y'all. He's all the way in Ukraine. He cares more about the Ukrainian people. Uh, but I'm here and I care about y'all." No, Donald Trump didn't do that. Donald Trump showed up with pallets of water and pallets of supplies that what people needed for their homes. Because you got to remember this, ladies and gentlemen, the government, your friendly government of the Biden administration said, no, we're not going to give you disaster relief because this was not a national disaster. Now, at the time of this recording, I believe the federal government has done something because Donald Trump, once again, showed them up. But Donald Trump brought water. Donald Trump brought things of that nature. And all of a sudden, we get an announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Mayor Pete is showing up in Ohio. That's right. This is from the Daily Wire. Budachess visits Ohio town weeks after uh, after the train crash as bipartisan criticism mounts. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, I'm going to call it by by my nickname, uh, visited East Palestine, Ohio, on Thursday morning. Nearly three weeks after the train derailment and chemical fallout, the device uh, um, diversed the small town, whose residents have expressed frustration, saying the issue has received minimal attention from the Biden administration. They're not right. They're not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. They're right. The Biden administration is not taking this serious for some reason. We don't know why. We don't know why, why they're not taking this reason. Maybe, maybe it is the point that, oh, this was a Trump district or this was a Trump town and majority of people um, voted for Trump. So we're not really that wor- or as a small town. We're not really worried about it. That could be one of the issues. But ladies and gentlemen, this 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 is I, I've been saying this ever since I broke this story or I talked about this story the first time. This is ridiculous. A a, a town in Ohio can get, can't get hardly no help from the Biden administration, but Biden can travel halfway around the world to Ukraine with a half billion dollars in his back pocket and say, Hey, here here you go, uh Mr. President of Ukraine. Here's a check. A blank check. I'm just just take it we care so much about diversity and we care so much about democracy. Now I want to go to the point where I just made because a lot of people are 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 are, 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 are saying why is I asked, I just asked the question why isn't the Biden administration go uh, going to Ohio why aren't they why aren't they helping these people out? Well, some might say. That, as I as I said, it, it possibly could be because this might be a Trump district. This might be a Trump location because look, Trump won this won this this uh, town by double digits. Now, before you tell me, Isaac, that is a conspiracy theory. I want to bring something out right here. The View helps me with this case. Now, I thought I'd never say the View would help me, but the View helps me on this case. Why do I say that? Because After Pete Buttigieg goes ahead and goes to this town, after Donald Trump, this is why I don't like the left. I'm not saying I don't like the people. I just don't like the ideology or the things of that nature. I I just can't stand people on the left when they do this. When they're going to criticize a man, I don't care if you're on the left, right, up, middle, down, whatever. If you're going to help people in this disaster, I'm going to stand by you. But the left went ahead and waited until Donald Trump got there with supplies and when they said, hey we need to start doing something because this is making us look bad. And now that it made uh, Trump made the left look bad again, the media is stepping in. as I said, the view's about to prove my point ladies and gentlemen that the reason they're lollygagging is because possibly this was Trump district. Why did I say that? Well Joy Behar suggested on Thursday. That the residents of East Palestine was getting what they deserve or at least what they had voted for. Wait a minute. Wait a hold on, wait, what? In the wake of the disastrous train derailment that occurred nearly three weeks earlier, now this is from uh, the Daily War in the days since the derailment and crash involving the number of cars that were capturing toxic material, residents have worried that chemicals, uh, chemicals sweeping into the ground and fumes from subsequent fires could indicate, indicate that these toxins uh, introduce these toxins into the air and water supply for months or years to come. But Bayhart stated on ABC, The View, because former president Donald Trump favored deregulations across most industries and these residents overwhelmingly voted for Trump, they were simply seeing the natural results of their choices. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Bayhard having a conversation with co-host Sandy Austin, who who first praised Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg for not going to East Palestine until nearly three weeks later uh, after the train derailment. She claimed that it was obvious he was doing the work rather than simply going for a photo op wait what you're not going there to assess the day de- he's working no ladies and gentlemen Pete Buttigieg didn't go ahead and, and talk uh, and, and was doing the work he was talking about other things he wasn't worried about the Ohio town Haston did attack former Trump who showed up in East Palestine a day ahead of Buttigieg, Buttigieg. With trucks full of supplies and clean drinking water in tow suggesting that his visit reminded her of the time he threw paper tower to people in Puerto Rico and he was just showed up for it uh, for for the show co-host Sarah Haynes pushed back saying that if people needed water it shouldn't matter who was bringing I just made that point up right here Behard didn't provoke to attack Republicans Claiming that airlines were only safe because the government regulated them and mandated safety standards. Otherwise, where were we, she asked. We're all going up in flames. And I want to read her, uh, read her quote. Let me see. Uh, yeah, so they had another exchange between, uh, between some of the ladies. And... Um, They they said that the Norfolk Southern Railroad Company lobbied both Democrats and Republicans to loosen resolutions. Uh, That's who you voted for in this district, she said, pointing her finger at the camera. Donald Trump, who reduced all safety. He did this. He did in those days. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's not blame the current administration because I I have some questions right here that I I really would like to ask Ms. Joe Bayhart. Um hasn't biden been in office for two years correction three years hasn't biden been in office for three years so couldn't he have changed those deregulations that you were talking about and also um how's it still trump's fault when he's not in office how, how, how did Trump, did Trump call Biden and tell Biden, hey, don't change my regulations? If that was the case, the first day that Biden got in there and signed 17 executive orders that overturned laws at the border and other places, Trump would have called and told him not to do that, wouldn't he? See, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is why they don't like Trump. And look, I'm not the biggest Trump supporter out here. But ladies and gentlemen, this is why they don't like Donald Trump because Donald Trump gets things done. Donald Trump sees the problem, Yeah, it, it was uh, you could you could also also uh do the argument as well that Donald Trump waited 3 weeks, but Donald Trump just, we just found out about the water like a week ago. Donald Trump brought a truck in with water and other supplies for people. It made Joe Biden look bad because Joe Biden just days before said, "I'm not going to give them disaster relief." And yet Pete Buttigieg standing in his office out of God doing God knows what made him look bad because Donald Trump showed up. So magically he shows up to the place and tells him I didn't come because I didn't want to mess with nobody's work and gave some lame excuses for why he didn't show up. And it made him and his boss look bad. So the media comes into play, Joe Behard and others, and say, "Well, look, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Biden's fault. It wasn't Pete's fault. No, it was Donald Trump's fault for when he was president. He deregulated everything." And ladies and gentlemen, this is why people like me get angry at the media. Because it is it, look, this derailment was was wrong. It, well, not wrong. It, it was a crisis. It was an accident that this, this, uh, so hopefully it was an accident that this train derailed. The brakes didn't work or the, the track. We, we can name a lot of things, but you can't stop that event from happening, happening. But your response as a leader should be hey, let's go help them people. No, Biden is more worried about people in Ukraine. Pete Buttigieg is worried about energy vehicles and every other thing. And now that Donald Trump has showed them up. Oh, we can't have this. They got the people at the view to go ahead and try to, well, this is not the view, but the media trying to justify why Pete didn't go, why Biden isn't gone. But hey, everybody, look—you don't blame them anyway. It was Donald Trump's fault. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I get angry because let's put the blame where the blame is supposed to be at. Not who you, you hate and you're going to pass the blame on there. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back after this short message. How are you doing everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun conservative and I want to thank brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes' dump truck service for their generous support of the Cajun conservative and brothers just searching. Hayes' dump truck service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes' Dump Truck Service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. Your blood, cleansed and made us whole.
1: Not one
0: love, not one soul. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Republicans are stirring up hornets nests. That's right. Um, like I said, it look, I'm not trying to, because I want to make clarify something. I, I said I don't like the left or I hate how the left operates. And that is true. I don't like, it, it's not that I don't dislike the people. I just don't like their ideas. And this is this is I'm, I'm going to bring out a point right here that I, I think I need to address is the, the, the left's hypocrisy. Because I'm going to go back to January six right here on this segment. How the Democrat Party. Bush and push and i say to the democrat party some on the right as well the republican party which i don't really call them the right or conservatives i call them rhinos because they're only republican in name only if you need names uh liz cheney and uh, adam zinslinger um just to name a few and also some on the some in the senate side because half our senate is rhinos But if you remember, January sixth happened and people cried insurrection, 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 and they had tons of footage. They had that all this stuff going on, and when the January sixth committee, which we knew was was a sham from the beginning, when the January sixth committee came out and said we're going to go ahead and start releasing footage, it was kind of funny how they only release some of the footage. What they did was they teamed up with a TV production team and they edited certain points that prove their points. Not everyone did not see all the footage, but the, the Democrats and some Republicans that were sitting on that committee did not want to release all 41,000 hours of the January six footage, the January six committee, their whole focus. And I will say this to the day I'm gone. What's to stop Donald Trump. All they did was, and it was a. And this is the bad thing. It was all tax paid. Think about this. It was all tax funded, the January Six Committee. So for them to propagandize you, they use your your money to do it. But they went ahead and they only took small parts of the January Six Committees. Uh, The uh, the January 6th footage and showed it to you. That proved their point. And then they had speeches. This was not by far a a, a true committee because true committees do not show up at the prime time for you to watch them give you speeches. Normally, it's them debating and seeing what's good, what's not good, take it out and all this stuff. So, so, so the Democrat Party and they did not want to release all of it, ladies and gentlemen, because there is some things that prove that Donald Trump was not did not start the insurrection. How? Why do I say that? Because there they got their, as we say in Cajun language, got their cassons and a bunch. Why do I say that? Because House Speaker Kevin McCarthy went ahead and released all forty-one thousand hours. Of the, the footage to Fox News. And that's not Fox News, specifically to Tucker Carlson. And they went ahead and they released it. Tucker Carlson is working on it. I promise you, when that footage comes out or when Tucker says stuff about it, I probably will report it on this on the episode upcoming. But ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats are angry at it, especially. Adam Schiff. As Town Hall has reported, Adam Schiff is having a meltdown over nearly uh, over newly released January 6th uh, footage. Um Adam Schiff went ahead and tweeted this. Kevin McCarthy turned over January 6th videos to right wing propagandists. Tucker Carlson. Uh who's what is Don Lemon? Don if you have if you have to name right wing propagandists. Um, you're going to have to talk about the leftist propagandists like Don Lemon and everyone else that works at CNN. Because you got to realize, and this is why I'm saying this, because while the January 6th committee was looking at all the facts and and trying to find if Donald Trump did something wrong, you had everybody on CNN and even some on Fox say, oh, well, this is damning evidence against Donald Trump. Donald Trump looked like he's going to jail. Oh, the January 6th this and January 6th that. And they were trying to ingrain into the American people that Donald Trump sat down in a a dark room somewhere with all his allies and planned this whole thing out. And like I said, they only released certain videos that proved their point. Continue on with this tweet. A man who spews... Carmelin uh, Carmelin, taking po- talking points suggests January 6th was a false flag and spreads the big lie. Make no mistakes. This isn't about transparency. It's about fueling dangerous conspiracy theories. Um, to prove your point that Donald Trump was guilty of a crime that none of his peers vo- viewed him guilty. You hid certain evidence. To prove your point for the january 6th committee now he's blaming us a conspiracy theories now former congressman adam kinsley who tried to sell signed copies of the january 6th committee's report on amazon is also having a crackdown this is a republican Uh, so kevin mccarthy shared the surveillance footage not with the rest of congress investigators or anyone else like that it was at tucker carlson um, this is, this is one of the same man. This is, this is one of the same members of that committee that got on the committee, not because he was someone that had a different view on it. No, he agreed with Nancy Pelosi because see, Nancy Pelosi did not let nobody. Well, she wanted the only certain people that believe that Donald Trump caused the insurrection. Why do I say that? Because when Kevin McCarthy said, hey, I'm going to put Jim Banks and I'm going to put Jim Jordan's on that committee to have a different outlet, the first words out of Nancy Pelosi's mouth was, no, you cannot do that because they're they're in alliance with Trump. So it wasn't fair. But now we have Kinslinger saying, oh, they didn't share with the rest of Congress. Well, why did Nancy Pelosi do it? See, this is, how, this is how leftists think. I'm going to call them what they are. They're rhino leftists. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth with this. Oh, he didn't release it with the other oh, congressmen. Y'all didn't either. So call out Nancy Pelosi. Of course, Adam Sinsley won't do that. Um, the lesser is of McCarthy has been breathtaking. And now the man I thought I knew before Trump lies, lies, lies. So ladies and, So why am I bringing this out Because ladies and gentlemen The left don't want that other footage to be shown Now We have reports I've got reports that Mike Lindell Who, who I went Listened to uh, a, a, a week ago has decided, he says if Tucker Carlson goes ahead and does a report on it, he's going to sue Fox News and Tucker Carlson, and he's also going to sue the House Speaker. Why? Because he feels they are infringing on his First Amendment right and his 14th Amendment right. Now, will that will that hold? Well, he said it's going against the freedom of the press. Now, Michael Nell can do whatever he wants. Me personally, I'll be happy. Look, when Fox News, if, if Tucker Carlson released any of this footage or does a report in this footage, it's going to be covered on CNN, MSNBC, CBS. How much we don't know, but they're going to try to they're going to try to criticize it and critique it as much as they can. But ladies and gentlemen, this this right here, look, should have been released to everybody else. I, you can have a different opinion on that. I think Tucker's going to do a good job on it because Tucker isn't just. Finding what what he he's going to compare it to the January sixth where they showed and he's going to show other footage. Now what is it going to be? I don't know, but we're going to have to wait and see. I just I want I wanted to show you the audience the hypocrisy of the left. They wanted to go ahead and 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 hide certain pieces because, like I said, that whole footage the whole footage should have been released from the get go. But you see, there's some footage that was taken on January sixth that doesn't prove that trump had trump was the arc arc uh, was was the person the mastermind behind this event and this is why they wanted to shut it up but now that it's out there now we're gonna have some cry babies ha, ha, ha. and look elections have consequences that's what the democrats should go ahead and take from we have that too glad we have a house speaker that's, that's putting up and this is why i like what kevin McCarthy's doing let's move on uh also this uh, this past week um trump the trump grand jury is getting set to um recommend now this is recommendations this isn't indictments but they're recommend they're recommending criminal indictments for donald trump and his act in georgia when he was trying to find votes you remember this for the for the for the election ladies and gentlemen donald trump called the governor of uh of georgia and said look all i need to find is ten thousand votes go find the ten thousand votes did donald trump word that right no um but it, it but it, look this is just just me speaking on the rail it's kind of funny they waited 10 days um to, to make sure Donald that biden had enough votes but they couldn't couldn't wait for Herschel walker one day i'm just that's just, that just my, that's just my that's just my intent that's just my take that's just, that's just it it's weird to me. Now, I don't know everything about election. So, but let's let's go let's let's continue with this uh this thought process. They they want to they they want they want to charge Trump basically with his grand jury as, as Trump was interfering with the election. That is their words. Now, this grand jury has it has been uh they 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 went ahead and concluded their their stuff. But there's something happening now with the biden with, with this this uh this grand jury cnn MSNBC, pan trump grand jury far person media blitz after bla- uh, bl- uh blasting her profile with interviews that's right ladies and gentlemen two neighbors na- two this is coming from fox news two cable news networks have granted the far woman Of the special grand jury as part of the uh, Georgia criminal probe into former President Trump, as are uh, are the same networks that are panning her uh, her media blitz. Emily Knowles made national headlines this week for offering insight into the grand jury deliberation on and whether it recommended charges against Trump and other Republicans in the role in attempting to reverse the the Peach State 2020 election results. Clips from her sit down with CNN and embassy g- quickly went viral, particularly for her bizarre enthusiasm and giggle demeanor. Something even Trump foes fear could aid her defense team, aid his defense team effort, uh, efforts to dismiss the case entirely. So what's happening was this lady is going, has gone on CNN, which anybody that can go ahead and go against Trump, they're going to have on. Shoot, I can go ahead and say, hey, guys, Donald Trump did this, this, and this, and it could be completely false. i probably get a phone call from CNN. So she went on CNN and she went on MSNBC. They are asking her questions uh, like, uh, you know, did, did you want to have the Trump? Uh, did you want Trump to testify? And she's like, oh, I wish Donald Trump would have came because I would have been, I would have said it all slow too. Like, do you solemnly swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? in her eyes is about to bulge out of her head. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of the lady, but she's <laughs> and she's she's laughing and giggling and she's, uh, um, uh ladies and gentlemen, this was a joke. And my, my first thought when I saw these clips, and I don't have the clips on me, but when I first saw the clips, I'm like, they led this woman to a grand jury room? Now, ladies and gentlemen, her demeanor and she, she's slipping things out, is kind of making this a case for Trump's defense team they the, the the democrats and all, all the people that are talking about this is is right because she's doing this she was she was like happy to be in there to indict donald trump and ladies and gentlemen how is that fair that you had a grand jury person the then is not the grand jury person the far woman the one that swears in the one that that that, that leads the jury Going on national TV saying she could not wait to hear what the president had to say and tell him to tell the whole truth. And ladies and gentlemen, you hear these clips and you see her, it's like she was happy that she was there because she could possibly put the president the former president in jail. Now, if this was somebody on the left and the right did this, oh, you would have an upcry in the media. Oh, this is not right. This is partisan, this is this. And guess what it you're not you teep, 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 teep. now you're having some backlash from this and cnn and mscbc it's um it is uh it's bringing is trying to debunk not trying to debunk Jay they're trying to bring down the tension uh someone uh someone went on tv um uh, on um uh, let me see what show uh shortly after her interview was seen in Kate Bulo on Tuesday her colleague Anderson Cooper and Eli Ho reacted to the astonishment first of all why this person is talking on TV I do not understand a shock uh, uh, Cooper said she's clearly enjoying herself but I mean is this responsible she was the far person of this grand jury This is a horrible idea," said Hugan, a CNN legal analyst. And I guarantee you that prosecutors are wrenching, watching her go on this. I was watching, just uh, I was wrenching, just watching her in, in eagerness to, like you know, hint at stuff. Cooper explained, "There's no reason for her to be out talking. No." It is a it's a, pr- a prosecution's nightmare, Hugan told Cooper. May, mark my words, Donald Trump team is going to make a motion if this is an indictment to dismiss the indictment based on grand jury improperly. So ladies and gentlemen, look, let, let's even go to the point. If Donald Trump did do something wrong and this woman had an opportunity to do his right to put him behind bars, she screwed it up. But ladies and gentlemen, and this is, I don't know what it is. It's like these people that, that, that are in high profile cases they want to run to a camera. If you really want to do something right, you would keep your identity a secret and do your job. You know what it is? Ladies and gentlemen, this woman probably was a Trump hater and did not like Trump and got this invitation to go to this grand jury. She, she, some way or another got approved and now she's happy because she could probably finally do something about Trump. And that is a partisan on a jury because when you're on a jury you're supposed to be nonpartisan. But this lady wasn't. Now this lady is blown up. She she she's ruined everything that the Democrats want. Now that now people are seeing, you know, this is bad. This is bad. Why did their host network even ask her to come on? And look, don't get me wrong. I thought she was a couple of fries short of a happy meal when I watched it too. They could have seen that at the beginning. But this is how the left does, ladies and gentlemen. The left goes ahead and, um, you know, hey, anything to get rid of Donald Trump, we will bend the rules. I got one more story. Then we're going to go ahead and go to the break. and I'm going to have Dev- uh, David Eden on running for uh, state representative of District 49 in the state of Louisiana. Um, View host Sandy Holston compares Alex Murdo Murdo, to Cal Rittenhouse, wealthy white guy's dynasty now this all comes on the heel of Alec Murdo te- uh, Murdo Murda I'm trying to say his name right forgive me testifying his own defense and uh, admitted and immediately admitted to lying now who is this uh Alec Motto? Uh, well there's a big case going around where he's accused of killing his family and he took the stand for the first time and look he's a disbarred lawyer and he also admitted to lying for years about his uh, whereabouts on the day of his wife, Maggie and, Maggie and his son, Paul, were murdered. He is currently on trial, but he took the stand. He wanted to defend himself, and he has every right to do this. Now, I'm not going to say that this is man innocent or guilty. He's still got to go ahead and face the jury, and the jury got to deliberate, and they got to go ahead and make sure that he he was he's lying or he's not lying. Well, again, the view... We talked about The View at the beginning, the media trying to pass an agenda. Hey, it's all Trump's fault and all. And come out and uh, Sonny Holston is pushing critical race theory again. Because this is what it sounds like. Why do I say that? Because as I read the, uh, just a while ago, View host Sandy Holston compares Alec Murdoch to Cal Rittenhouse' wealthy white guy dynasty. Now, this woman's a lawyer. Uh, she's also, as I said, the co host of The View. Um, compared high-profile murder trial defendant Alec Murdoch to Kyle Reynolds, the young man acquitted of homicide charges after killing two men and inju- uh, injuring another in self-defense at the riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin in, in 2020. Hostin realization the unusual comparison, saying that Murdoch, a disbarred attorney, may have made the decision to testify in his own murder trial because he saw a fellow white guy, which Kyle Reynolds was not wealthy, when he 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 was on trial he didn't have a dime his lawyer's fees got paid by people donating to him which they're doing now Kyle Rittenhouse is getting sued by one of the idiots and one of the fathers of the idiots I'm not respect to the dead that tried to kill Kyle Rittenhouse that was that's been proven but anyway um (laughs) uh wealthy white guy Rittenhouse do do it in 2021 and get off She told her co-host during the Friday episode of the ABC talk show that Murdoch testimony brought to mind Kyle Rittenhouse, who testified on his own behalf and got off. My question is, uh, after testifying, does he get off? Murdaugh took the stand during the trial Thursday as part of his defense against charges that he murdered his wife and his son in 2021. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't get off because he sat on the stand. Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of his crimes after it was proven in a court of law that he acted upon self-defense when it was clearly proven that he did not incite the violence. Now, like we said, I haven't been following this case. This is the first I mentioned of the case because it popped up about Kyle Rittenhouse and I wanted to see what was going on. But you see how the left does, ladies and gentlemen, and um, I'm short on time. I wish I could hit this home a lot more, but listen to how the view is in their left wing mindset that the only reason Kyle Rittenhouse got out because he was a white, wealthy guy. He was not wealthy when he, when this happened, I don't even know if he's wealthy now. I, I really don't know, but ladies and gentlemen, it's because he was a white guy. That's why he got off. And that is not the case, ladies and gentlemen. The the case is that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted. because It was proven in a court of law and a a jury of his peers that he was innocent of all charges. But you see, this can't sit well with the left's mind that a Second Amendment person got off because they defended themselves. So where'd they go to? Race. Well, it was a white guy. That's why he got off. And that's why he's going on the stand. and And that's how Kyle Rittenhouse got off. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a lawyer. Her, her law degree must have came out of a crackerjack box. This lady does not have no sense. But this is how the left thinks. Because someone, got, someone with a gun protected themselves. Oh, it wasn't because he was found innocent. It was because of white privilege. And it is sad that our nation has come to this point where we have people on national TV saying it was not because the law prevailed it was because of white privilege and spewing racism all over the place it's sad ladies and gentlemen and look I, I, this is what my thought is if these women can make it on television I, I have a good shot but see i'm on the right i'm not on the left i forgot about that with that being said we're going to go ahead and take a break we'll be right back with david eden and talk about his uh political race here in louisiana y'all stay tuned for that we'll be right back in a few minutes
1: cheers and good on you boys and girls my name is scott ford and i have a podcast on spotify i would love it if you went over and subscribed to my podcast it's a talk show. It covers a wide variety of topics. I cover success, motivation, uh, funny stories, topical events, things going on in the world. And I would love it if you went over and subscribed to my podcast. Thank you so much, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. You're my peace of mind
0: When this old world seems to All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. Joining me in studio, and I hope this ain't just one-time thing. I hope you come back a little bit more. Sure, anytime. Uh, Mr. David Eden, he's running for state representative of District 49 here in the great state of Louisiana. David, how you doing, man? Long time no see. Yeah, long time no see,
1: man. It's been a while. I'm doing great today. Beautiful day outside and enjoying the weather. It finally stopped raining, dude. Oh, man, finally. i tell you what. It was uh it was wreaking havoc on my backyard with my dog and my kids, so they were they were creating some nice mud holes.
0: Oh man. My my kids my kids <laughs> got tired of staying in the house, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and yeah, and you seen walking into the
0: studio, man. We got dump trucks, man. It just when when you're standing around not doing nothing, you're trying to find things to keep the business going, it just
1: My dad was a bricklayer growing up and so uh and so he still does that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. When it's raining we can't work at all, so
0: well, that's the thing about Louisiana. A lot of people are. It isn't just, you know, a lot. A lot of people think we live in the swamps. A lot of people in the right. north, or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we're a lot of hard-working, blue-collar workers here. Absolutely. And The weather, the weather plays a key role into everything we're doing.
1: It does it? Really does. It really does. So, David, you know, let,
0: let's talk about you a little bit. You know, I met you at a um, at a uh, Citizens for Better Louisiana. I think New Louisiana, Better Louisiana. I always forget Michael's organization. <laughs> uh but i met you at an event and um you you were you were saying you were about to announce you weren't going to announce but since we talked last you have announced Correct. that you're running that that is uh blake megas's former spot or his Correct. current spot that he's he's announcing in a couple of days formally that he is running for the senate seat of 20 the 22nd district yes. uh but that is blake megas's spot uh, what, what made you want to run
1: So what made me originally want to run was I've always, I've always yelled at the TV, you know, I've always talked and said, somebody needs to do something. And when COVID hit in 2020, my wife looked at me and she said, why don't you stop talking and actually do something about it. And so, uh, so she kind of, she kind of encouraged me to get involved in politics. And, uh, and it's something that I've always been passionate about growing up. My parents always made sure that we, that we knew what was going on in politics. We were always, even though we couldn't vote, we always listened to the debates, the presidential debates. We listened to the local. When, when, uh, when local leaders would speak, we would listen to them. And so we were, we were always active in politics behind the scenes. And so when 2020 came, um, I was praying a lot about it. And I actually met a few people, and they, they started um, inviting me and encouraging me to get involved. And my wife pushed me to get involved, and after her push, then i started getting involved behind the scenes talking to legislators meeting with legislators you know just trying to encourage them to do the right thing because our legislators really are just people at the end of the day and they need to hear from from the good people of louisiana also a lot of times they just hear from people um on that are extreme on both sides of the aisle. and a lot of good people don't don't voice their opinions and and our legislators are just normal people they need encouragement they need people to tell them and what they feel and what they think and what's what's going on in their minds and they want to hear from us and so So getting involved in that aspect really helped a lot. And we were able to do a lot of things uh, behind the scenes and help out our our local leaders uh, in our councils, our legislators and those as well, just to stand for doing and do what's right and do the right thing.
0: So 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 prior to 2020, you haven't held any office uh, going to going forward right now. This is your first time running.
1: Right, correct. This is my first time running for an office. Right right now I'm Bayou Vermilion District. I'm a commissioner on there. I'm actually the president of the board, but that's an appointing position. So uh, Josh Guillory appointed me to that in uh, in 2019, and, and we've been, I mean, I'm sorry, in 2020, and we've been going since then. So uh, we're really excited about that organization, and that's been, a, that's been, a, that was kind of the organization that really got me involved in politics, and where I really got excited about it. Um, when I first got on board, there was a lot of there was a lot of, as normal government bureaucracy is. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, of, in the budget we couldn't figure out where money was going. We couldn't figure out what was happening in the budget, and so we sat down with our CPA and we figured out we, we kind of organized everything. Bayou Vermilion District controls Vermilionville and it controls the Vermilion River. We clean and we 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 uh, we cut trees along the the river and those types of things, and we make sure that the bayou is is an asset for Lafayette, and it really needs to be more of an asset, and we're, we're working on on establishing B V D as one of the organizations, because we're a state governing body, establishing is an organization that can help promote and, and promote economic development along the bayou. So we we uh we get one point eight million dollars in a millage basically roughly from the taxpayers of Lafayette Parish. And we when we finally um, took the financials and and broke them down into the way that they should be broken down, like a normal business would break them down. We found out that the that the museum in those areas were using 1.12 million, and our CEO at the time was even shocked by 1.12 million dollars of our of our 1.8 million dollar budget not being spent on the bayou, but being spent on a museum and on a restaurant and those types of things. So. You're never going to know how to fix something until you get an accurate picture of it. So once we got that accurate picture, we were able to take it and to move the organization. And in 2020, um, in 2022, when we closed 2022, I had just become president in 2022 in September. And when uh, when we closed 2022, we had about a $400,000 deficit in our spending. And and we got a shuttered venue grant. Some of that was because of COVID, but the overspending had been happening for years before then. And we, we saw the trend downward as normal government... You know, it it decays and and government spends more and more. So uh, we ended twenty twenty two with almost a four hundred thousand dollar deficit. We got a shuttered venue grant, which actually brought us to zero, which was great. But in twenty twenty three we ended the we ended the year with about a two hundred seventy thousand dollar surplus. And so we were able to turn it around almost seven hundred thousand dollars in one year just by cutting spending staff worked extra hard on it we all worked together and look we were we were left wing we were right wing we were conservatives we were everybody we're all, we have all in the board the the staff is everything and we don't talk politics we talk about what's right for the organization and that's what we need to do in louisiana look there's there's things that we have to change we have to make louisiana a fiscally conservative place we have to enable those people the the entrepreneurs like yourself and like me enable them cut back regulation cut back all the bureaucracy the red tape and all those things cut all of those things to to let our people succeed because louisiana is a resilient people louisiana people are we can see it every hurricane every hurricane we don't sit around and wait for the government to come in wait for help we're cleaning up as soon as the storm passes a lot of times before it even is you see during the storm during the storm storm, You storm. you you see people out there cleaning up and working and and we're a resilient people we're a people that that want to succeed but we don't wait for wait for people to help us and so what we have to do as a government is we have to enable those people we have to get out of the waste cut the bureaucracy cut the red tape cut all of the cut all of the the things that hold us back as louisianians and and when we do that we're going to see louisiana succeed like we've never seen before
0: on that note don't do about succeed because look we we and i've asked everyone that's come through this this studio and virtually of the the problems that we have with ex-migration we have right. people leaving here and the, one of the reasons i hear the most is that listen we just we don't we can't find a good steady paying job correct um mr david i had a a a person that i know just come back from texas because he just finally found a job and he wanted to be home but the reason he didn't come before there wasn't a good paying job yep there was nothing lining up and look, I, I'm going to say it. I don't know if you're at liberty to say, it, but I'm going to say John Bell has hurt this state oh, a lot. Yes. Uh, my guest host a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Barry Martin brought out statistics, uh, statistics evidence. He brought out evidence that showed, look, John Bell has hurt this nation more than anything. And it looked, what's sad is some Republicans helped him yeah. do it. And that's why I want to ask you you know God you sounding like you're on the right track turn this, turn this state back to a conservative leaning party uh a state so where we we don't have people leaving out because right. I, I bring this out to everybody we we almost lost another congressman correct and the last time we did that we lost uh we lost one of them I believe it was uh Jeff Landry that that lost his seat right. <laughs> to Charles Bruce Stanley. So, you know, you had two good people right there that was helping with our country's problems, but now we lost one. So that went to that. We either went to California or to New York. And that that's
1: dangerous. Oh, no, it is. Absolutely. Thirty five thousand a year in out migration is unsustainable as a state. And and, you know, we look at at the 2030 census and we're probably going to lose a congressman if we don't really. Change something in our state, and how do we change in our state? What 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 do we do? How do we what how do we know what to do? And we can look at Florida. We can look at what Florida's yep. done, and look, Florida has has done more. People always say, you know, people get overly um, expectant of Congress, and they look at Congress and they look at our federal government, and they say we need to elect the right congressman, we need to elect the right president, we need to elect the right senator, and we do. We have to elect the right people in those offices, and you know, we have great people in those offices right now, but. It, not, not in the president, obviously, no, no. But, <laughs> but, but Congressman. I mean, we have Clay Higgins, which is a, yeah, he's a great representative. We have we have John Kennedy, which I think is a great representative also. And so we have we uh, have I
0: noticed you didn't mention Bill Cassidy. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, but. But, so, but, but how do we really change the federal government, and how do we really change our state? It's by, by creating a state that's first fiscally responsible, yep. because what happens? The federal government sends money to the state, and when they send money to the state, they said, well, look, we'll give you this free money. We're, Rush, Rush Limbaugh used to say we're Santa Claus. This federal yep. government would give free money, but what do they have with that free money? They have strings and ties, and it's our own money they're giving back yeah. to us. So it's really ridiculous that there's any ties to it. But the problem with Louisiana is we have to take it we can't we're not fiscally responsible enough to say we don't need your money or we don't want your money if you want to give us your money we're not we're not accepting your strings and so how do we limit the federal government first off it's by becoming fiscally responsible as a state and 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 enabling us to not have that over-regulation and have all that red tape that comes with, with the federal government and all those things that they bring in, to, you know, what they tell our schools to do and what they tell yep. our, our, um, the EPA and all of those different organizations, and I can go down the line on that. But what do we have to do? We have to, we have to enable Louisianians. And so everything that we do as legislators and everything that we do as a governor should be seen through that lens of what is best for Louisiana people. What is best, what is going to most enable Louisiana people to do right? Is that going to be giving you know giving um, giving big businesses a, a tax write-off? Probably not you know cuz what happens when you know I love Costco I have a Costco membership but what happens with the with the Costco thing when we have property tax you see local businesses that are hurt by that yep. and when they're given an unfair advantage by not paying property tax or by getting a getting an advantage on their property tax then that hurts local businesses as well and so we have to look at all those aspects of it and as, as Louisianians we haven't done that we haven't been proactive we we do a lot of react reactive uh, legislating and reactive uh, of government work in Louisiana, and so we have to be more proactive. We look at Florida, and we see the things that they've done: getting themselves fiscally responsible, making sure that their schools are safe for kids, and and making sure that the regulation in the federal government is kicked out of their state. And that's how we do it. That's how we that's how we limit the federal government. Yes, the, we can we can elect the right people to Congress, but they're one of 435 people in Congress, you know, and they they can't do a whole lot and then we you know so so how do we change that we change that by electing good local leaders because right. the way our constitution is written the most powers in local government and we've we've almost totally as americans ignored our local government i know i was so guilty of it i didn't even know where my parish council meeting was (laughs) a few years ago i went to go to it and i said i had to google where it was you know (laughs) and that was terrible i was involved in politics i I considered myself up on Mm -hmm. on political news but i had no idea what was going on in my local government and that's where we can make the most and
0: you, you hear that a lot you know on that point there's there's people that say that well um, today someone said oh we vote for president this year huh?" and i was like no, <laughs> no. oh i'm not going to vote so you get what i'm saying and and that's that's the thing you know we we got to have good leaders local like you said Absolutely. We, that is the most powerful position you're right but unfortunately as louisiana and this is why i think david this is why a lot of people are upset with louisiana especially right now I, i've always said this nationally we're red yes we're bright red but Inwardly, in the statewide in the legislature, we're purple, right? Because unfortunately, look, we have a majority, I believe, Senate and a uh, well super majority in the House, and we still could not stop John Bell Edwards. Right. Think about this, and that's where you know, look, I'm I'm very picky on the candidates I, I have on. I make sure that they line up with our views, but you. you this this has to stop, too. You got to stop the rhino Republicans. And I look, I know you, you know, we're <laughs> mutual friends with Michael Lunsford. We we, <laughs> we we're pretty good. But, you know, we have to stop the the rhinos from going in as well. Because you're talking about voting records. You know how many people go ahead and they vote for somebody that says, I'm a conservative, and they don't act as a conservative? Right. But they keep running with that same mentality, I'm a conservative. And those yep. people, brush called on the best way, uninformed voters. Yes.
1: And it, it, it hurts the state. It does. It, well, it, it does hurt the state. You know, we have a we, our, our Constitution was written on an informed populace. And that means that people took the time to actually learn and to meet those people that are that are that they're voting for, because it's important. You know, we we, we spend more time, you know. Looking at American Idol and figuring out who's going to vote yeah. for that, than we do who's going to actually run our country. And and we we live in one of the only societies in history where we get to elect those that that are over us. As Christians, we're commanded to obey those right. that have authority over us. And we live in one of the only societies in history where we, we get to choose those that have the authority over us. And we don't do it. And we stay home and we say, well, it's it's you know it's an impossible task. And we we make all of these excuses, but. But it's important for us to go out and vote. And we have to look at it as what's going to be best for Louisiana. When we vote for a candidate, we vote for someone who's going to do the right thing for Louisiana, because we keep talking about people who are going to going to do the right thing and stand up and, you know, hold the line and do all these things. But look, we're at a point in Louisiana where where we can't stand anymore we have to be aggressive we have to go after and do the things that we want to do we can't just say we're just going to not vote for the right thing we're not going to vote for the wrong things and i'm going to vote the right way we have to go after and do the right things this this is going to take people that have a backbone and a spine you look at blake miguez and he was you know and and others also as well but i talk about blake because he's in my district but you blake was one of the only ones that stood against the governor and he stood up and he told and he told the governor what he thought and how he was not going to vote for that. And, and he had a spine. And we have to elect legislators that do that. My dad always said we elect politicians. But what used to be is statesmen. We need statesmen back yep. statesmen that say the right things and do the right things and follow through with what they mean. And that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. Mostly is not I'm not worried about furthering my political career. I'm not worried about any of those things. What I'm worried about is that I want a Louisiana that my kids can grow up in and that they can choose to stay in if they want to stay in. They don't have to go to Texas or Florida or Mississippi to find a job like we talk about, because I have friends and family that that all have to move because they can't find a job here in Louisiana. And it's it's a simple formula. How do we do it? We enable Louisianians to do what they do best, and that's work hard and succeed. And the government just has to get out of the way of that.
0: So 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 you're like me, you're not a big government guy, so that's good right Correct. there. Um, <laughs> before we roll off, because um, we 'cause we're gonna have we have a few minutes left. Um, you're talking about changing positions and voting for it. Uh John Bell Edwards is term limited. Correct. And um we're Republicans. Uh I've threatened to leave multiple times. I haven't yet. <laughs> but um so we have three Republicans in there right now. Jeff Landry, John Schroeder, um, and Cheryl Hewitt.
1: And Richard Nelson too. Richard
0: Nelson, yeah. uh, oh he came in yeah, didn't, but he didn't
1: he didn't officially announce, announce? Yet, i don't believe but he did a video and he said that he's running and i believe he did okay. a press release as well so you know more than me right yeah. now <laughs> but uh, so
0: so we got Four. four. four right. uh is he uh he's a republican he's correct a republican, yeah so correct. so you got four republicans coming into the race right now what do you see that race looking like because i know we got one democrat in all one democrat that's running right now but none of the big guns of the democrat party has come in right um, everyone says this is Jeff Landry's race to lose. Right, um, and I, I you don't have to endorse nobody. We're not right, asking right, for no, that. No. But what do you see in the uh, Louisiana's governor's race um, going forward?
1: So what what I always love to see is I love to see I love to see debate and I love to see discourse and I love to see politicians that run a great race. And so I love John Schroeder. I know John Schroeder. I love Jeff Landry. I think he's great. I don't know Richard Nelson really that well. Met him a few times. Sharon Huda met her a few times as well. I don't know any of them. But what I hope happens in the races, I hope they run a race that talks about what they want to do for the state, how they want to change. You know, if they if they want to talk about their opponent, that's fine. But what we have to do is if no one wins in the primary and if we have a runoff we have to come together and vote for the right candidate we have to that's what happens every time we get we get so hurt at each other we throw so much mud at each other and we get so angry and we get so so entrenched with our candidate that when they don't win in the primary we get to the runoff and we say i'm not not going to vote at all i'm not going to vote or i'm going to vote for the other guy we saw it all the time i knew I knew when John Bell his last race, when I saw Republicans for John Bell, I said, it's over. John Bell won the last race. And it was, it was it was and I'm not even a political consultant. I'm a nobody. You know, I'm just the <laughs> guy. I'm just the normal guy. But but I knew that because Republicans, what do we do best? We shoot ourselves in the foot best. And so we have to realize, look, we have to come together for the good of Louisiana, because it's all about Louisiana. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's not about any of the other candidates. It's about what's best for Louisiana and who's going to represent and who's going to do the best for Louisiana. And I'm tired of politicians coming in and talking about what they're going to do and how they're going to change this and how they're going to do all of these things differently. And it's nothing about what's best for the people of Louisiana. How are the people of Louisiana going to be treated? And they and, you know, Rush Limbaugh talked to, again, going back to Santa Claus, and we promise, we promise it's it's been said that legislators, they don't even go to, to make laws. They go to Baton Rouge to try to get the most money back for their for their parish or for their district. And that's to me, that's a terrible way to look at it that's a terrible way we're supposed to be people that go there for the good of Louisiana we make laws that help the people back home succeed and do the right thing whether that's passing crime legislation whether that's passing legislation that that helps insurance we have to work on property insurance and auto insurance and all of these things
0: yeah insurance is we, a pain in the rope right now, I'm gonna be honest with you
1: it is I have a friend that's in Texas and he's paying a third or a half of what, what he would pay here in Louisiana and and so we, we well,
0: and you bringing that up on a side note with insurance this is the problem Column. and look you 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 said you're in construction right in the trucking industry it's a joke right that that we have to pay i, I know guys that own trucks and they're paying more than way more than they, they should be right. paying but we had an incident where i had a friend of mine that got side swiped by a vehicle vehicles in the wrong yeah do you know that the insurance called him and said hey you're gonna have to take fault for that
1: what the, the wow.
0: only reason he didn't take fault is they had another truck there for the same company had a camera and caught the whole incident and they were quick to just jump. Jo- you get what I'm saying. And look, yes. a lot of people said, "Well, you got to look at the circumstance, understand." But Louisiana is bad for insurance. Right? Pricing. Um, you go ahead and you try to, you know, you have to make a claim, and they they'll they'll put you at fault or whoever's the benefit, whoever. And it, it is a joke. It is a joke that I, you mentioned that. I'm sorry, to cut you. No, up, no, 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 just, no, 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 no. That that, that is That's an fine. issue. That is an issue that is plaguing Louisiana right
1: now. It is no doubt, and 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 you know, it goes back again to how do we make Louisiana succeed and what do we do best for what's Louisiana? And we have to fix that. To me, it's almost the crisis levels. We, I was talking to my realtor the other day in, in Broadmoor in middle Louisiana, in middle Lafayette, uh, he was selling a house and it was probably three, $400,000 house and, you know, a pretty decent, expensive house. They got an insurance quote back for their homeowner's insurance and it was $500 a month.
0: Cho, oh, That's almost that, another house. That, note. That,
1: that, that's $6,000 a year. In, in property insurance. That, that's insanity. That's, that's, that's crazy numbers. And so we have to work on how do we fix that? How do, what, what changes do we make? And I'm not an insurance agent. I don't have all the answers to everything. But what I am going to do, and I promise you what I will do, is I'm going to work as hard as I can to find those answers and to get the right solutions. I'm going to work with everyone. Look, I want to hear everyone's opinion, left, right, because I'm not going to say that just because I don't agree with you, that, that all your opinions are bad. Because we I don't even agree with anything, everything with my wife, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and and what I always have said and what I say is by you million district president is that, look, we can disagree on 98 percent, 99 percent of everything but if that 1%, let's just go ahead and get that done. Look, the yeah, only people that done, yeah. the only people that it's hurting are the people of Louisiana and the taxpayers. That's the only people that it's hurting when we when we squabble over nonsensical things that don't do anything. And so let's start making some progress. Let's work together. Let's build a team and a coalition of, of people that can work together because we can work together and we have to work together. We can't do it anymore where it's old school Louisiana politics and it's, you know, it's crooked and we all we always joke about how crooked Louisiana politics are and thank God, a lot of that now that with social media and with cell phones and all those things, a lot of that crookedness has been taken away because it, you simply you don't have the opportunity for it anymore. Right. There's so much transparency in government that a lot of it, a lot of it is going away. Not to say there's not because there is crookedness in government, and it always you know there there will be. And we and our job as legislators, and our job is as, as the people is to hold them responsible. You know, I, I always my 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 thought has always been that i'm gonna i'm gonna question people that are running for office as hard as i can and i'm gonna and i'm gonna ask them the questions that i want to know the answer to and then when they get in office i'm gonna make sure that they do the right thing and how do i do that by calling them by emailing them by talking to them when i see them and asking them those questions and hold them responsible for what they're supposed to do because that's what we do we go to the polls and we vote and then we don't talk to our representative until four years later yep. when, when they when come, they come, up come to knock bu- on the door. Yep. When they come knock on the door again or, or they ask for our vote again or we see them in an event four years later. And so we have to hold our public officials responsible for the four years or three years or two years or however long their term is, depending on what they what they're running for, how we have to hold them responsible the entire time. And we have to do our due diligence because, look, I can promise you if if your mayor of, 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 of Bro Bridge over here started to do something and you didn't like it, or your city council, and 200 people called them and said, we don't want you to do this. They're not going to do it because 200 people called them. Because I can promise you, and I've talked to many council people and I've talked to a lot of people, they'll get four or five phone calls, six phone calls. Maybe if it's a hot thing, they'll get 20 phone calls. But they don't get a whole lot of uh, cooperation or input from the public. So if we as public citizens just do that, We'll set what we want a lot better than just sitting back and and just yelling at the TV. And I'm and I got tired of it. And look, I know most of it are tired of it. Let's do something and let's let's make Louisiana the state that she wants to be. Because we as Louisianians are the heart and the soul of Louisiana and we can make a difference in Louisiana. We can do the right thing and we can turn the state around. We can come from last in almost everything to to build a state that can be that can be an example of what a Republican state, a conservative state should look like.
0: David, while uh before we wrap up, uh can you go ahead and let people know where they can find you? Uh, if they want to get in touch with you to ask you any questions and um uh, give a shout out to your campaign man.
1: Oh, thank you man. I appreciate it. So you can look us up on Facebook where uh, David Eaton for State Representative District 49 uh, is my Facebook page. My website is EatonforLouisiana49.com, EatonforLouisiana49.com. Um we're available on Facebook, you can message us, you can email us on either one of those things. Um, and we'll we respond. So message us, you know, email us, any of those things. There's a contact page on my on my website as well and we'd love to hear from you. Look, I'm I'm not running to, for, for me, I'm not running because I want to run because I want to because I believe that I'm the best fit. But I, I believe what I'm going to do is I, I want to build a coalition of people that work together to do the right to do the right thing, a grassroots coalition of people that love Louisiana and want to see it make a difference. And so what my goal really is, is to build a group of people that love Louisiana and say, we can't stand for this anymore. Let's do the right thing
0: good job good job all right david thank you for coming on man i I hope you come back soon
1: absolutely anytime
0: that was david eden he is running for the 49th district in the state of louisiana if you live in them districts please go ahead and check him out and uh give him a consideration for your vote with that being said that's all the time we have for today. i want to thank you for listening to the cajun conservative show remember that jesus christ is king and he's coming back and he's coming back soon so don't be faint of heart because jesus has overcome the world if you want to know jesus your lord and savior reach out to me i'll tell you how to make jesus your savior in heaven your home until next time be blessed be encouraged you have a good one the opening